This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. I want to talk to you today about a baby boy. This is a remarkable, remarkable thing. So a few verses from Luke chapter 2. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth, and laid him in a feeding trough, because there was no room for them at the inn. The story is well known, but I want to talk about this baby boy. We have a candle there, the boys lit a candle for us, and it was about the light of, of life. We've broken bread, that's about the bread of life. I, I'd, I, I didn't drink everything. I left some there to remind us. Because we're talking about a baby boy, but that's where it led. So we keep that in our minds. This baby boy, there he was. He's just born. I think one of the most wonderful things in life is to take hold of a newborn baby especially when you're related to it. And you just hold it, and something happens. Sometimes there's a bonding that takes place, which is remarkable, because it's not just based upon your own emotional feelings. It's based upon an interreaction between you and the baby. The baby feels, and the baby responds, and there is a binding together. It is so precious. And you look at that baby, and it is totally dependent. Now this is the remarkable thing, because there is the Word of God, God himself, who took upon himself this perilous journey to become totally dependent on his mother for his daily life. This is wonderful. You know what your reaction should really be? It should humble you. And when we come and we think about Jesus in his birth, if we are not humbled, there is something seriously wrong with us. It is the most humbling thing. It is humbling because this is God who has created the whole universe who is good and he has chosen to limit himself and take the journey of humanity to deal with the sin of the whole world that's humbling for this God who is not limited in any way to come in this way there is nothing more humble than that it is remarkable it is beyond words, and it should stir us deep within. And the true Christian life actually is marked with humility. 
we know that's not about weakness. We know it's, it's about strength that has submitted himself. That's what it's about. And this is gone. And here we are. We started the same journey in life and we were totally dependent. And at that stage in life, dependence is proper. It isn't later on, but it is proper then. And, and Jesus took that journey. And yet, when he took that journey, right at the very outset, uh, before he became a, a young lad who debated in the temple, before he had to speak to his parents in a certain way uh, because they needed to recognize why he was there and what he was doing, before he became a man, he had to learn. Before he entered into his ministry, before he did his first miracle, he had to go through that process of learning that is so humbling. We must learn at his feet. We must, when we come and we think particularly at this time of, of the incarnation, and we have all kinds of thoughts, much of it is concerned with the tradition, with family, hopefully with joy, maybe some sadness, some disappointments. But we come and we celebrate. We must remember the baby, the baby boy. We must have him as the absolute focus of our coming together and actually within our own hearts. There was a line in one of those songs I'd not particularly grasped the line before that talked about uh, the, the humility uh, that, that came, uh, dwelt amongst us. It is a mark of who he was in his whole life. And we must come in that way and recognize it. And when we think of Jesus, the baby, it's, it's nice to think about this little baby being all snuggled up because that's, yeah, what a wonderful thing that is. How long may be that snuggling up go for kids with their parents? Because it's kind of cute. It warms your heart. But when we come and we remember this, this baby boy, he is already the light of life. He is already the bread of life. Why? Because he's complete. We have grappled with the idea of understanding how God limited himself and lay aside in this journey of humanity, he lay aside all those attributes uh, that make him to be God, his omniscience and his omnipresence and, and all those wonderful things that are beyond boundaries and he laid them aside so that they were not used as his crutch if you like in doing life he did life as a as a human without sin and so when he came there he was his the story of his birth is a simple story we've read it it's a few words that's the heart of the matter mary she was pregnant. They ended up in this place where uh, the little boy was born. Uh, and his first experience in life is in this feeding trough. That's the story. The simplicity of it. And yet how great and how wonderful. And there he was. I, I'm sure that as a baby he did his, his fair share of crying. That's what babies do. Uh, that's how they expand their lungs. 
it is right, it's proper, except sometimes um, there's distress and there's other things. But I, I, I'm sure that he did his, his fair share of, of the crying that is appropriate for a little baby. There, there was a day, a moment, when there's, there's his mother and Joseph as they, they look to him, watching how he develops. And perhaps Mary said to Joseph, did you see that? That was his first smile. That's what we do as parents, don't we? I, I'm sure there were moments like that because this is true humanity. And his first real laugh, there's a lot of joy in that. And yet, right from the outset, he was the light of life and the bread of life. And the revelation of that had to come with time. This is the wonder of this baby boy that was so dependent for a season who really was the king. It's a wonderful story. But I want us to think for a few moments about what this bread of life means. So you think back to the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. I hope we're his disciples. I said, when you pray, pray like this. Give us the bread for the coming day. That's really what it says. Give us the bread for the coming day. Uh, so that, that speaks of the kingdom. It's the now and the not yet of the kingdom. It's the day that is, but the day that is coming. He said, pray for that. What was he asking us to pray for? The bread represents the grace of God. God's wonderful provision for whatever it is that we need. And we see that modeled symbolically in the Old Testament in the wilderness, don't we? There was bread for the day. And then it was only six days, but there was bread for the coming day. That's how the grace of God works. So when you think about this baby boy, think of him that he really is the light of life. It's about life. It's new life. That's a baby. He's the light of life. He's the bread of life. And we must feed upon him. We know that's a metaphor. We know what it means. We must take the fullness of who he is and the grace that he provides deeply within because that's life-giving. He came full of grace. That's what John's Gospel says. Grace and truth, of course. But the bread speaks of the grace that God gives to us for this day and every day that comes until he returns. It is the only way to live the Christian life. You cannot live the Christian life pr properly and fully without the grace of God. Now, in order to receive the grace of God, you have to recognize the baby boy and you have to humble yourself and worship him. Because to receive grace, it's, it's humbling. It's humbling because it says, I cannot do it. And if we cannot do it, we have to ask for whatever it is that we need. 
That's why Jesus said, pray. This is what you need. Ask for it. If you have got everything, you don't need to ask for anything. But when you lack, and we all do, we need to ask. And we need to humble ourselves before the baby boy. We need to truly worship in the way that those wise men did. They brought what they could. They humbled themselves. We have to bow before him. And sometimes we really need to do that. It's, it's fine to say, I can do that within my heart, within my being, and that's proper. But you know, sometimes we actually have to do it. Sometimes we need to, uh, because we are so moved by this baby boy and everything that he is, that we are willing to bow before him and say, Lord, give me what I need. There's all kinds of implications that. But then that's the way grace works. And you know what else is part of this bread and is connected to grace? It's hope. You do it because you hope for something. And hope is, a, is one of those things which is a great definer of the Christian life. It says there are things that we do not have yet. It says we are not there yet. It says the end has not yet come. But we live in the light of that and we see that and we hope for it. Now hope is a wonderful thing. It, it is so good uh, to hope for good things. There may be things in life that are difficult, things that are hard to get over. Maybe there's a loved one that is in some difficulty. Maybe they have not even met Christ. And you hope. It is proper to hope. Uh, and yet the reality is that sometimes it does not work out. But hope that is within and that is real is never dashed. Because in the end it has to face reality. And if hope and true hope is rooted in discerning truly who this baby boy is. In coming before him in true humility and worship. If it is rooted in understanding the fullness of who he is, then we have this confidence that there is another kind of hope. The hope that leads us to the place that God has for us in all eternity. I think it is always tragic to see people who have no hope. Life is meant to be lived with hope. It's one of the wonderful gifts that God gives to us. But we receive it as we come and we bow to the baby boy. You see, there's something that's a little bit counterintuitive to that. So there we are, we're a parent, we've got this baby. We're in charge. Well, anybody that's had kids, uh, don't fool yourself. You're not always in charge. And so we come to this baby boy. He's a baby. There's, there were those, those guys, the, the wise men, important people, wealthy, well-connected, wise. And there they were. They sought him out. Of course, he's not, a, not quite a baby when they found him. He's a bit older than that. But imagine it. Willingly, they bow before him. That's kind of counterintuitive. In life, really, you bow, and, and that's it's a metaphorical statement. You bow to those who uh, somehow are defined as being greater, better, more powerful than you. 
That's the way of life. Well, of course, the baby boy was more powerful than them, really, really. Perfect, complete. And yet at this point, he's dependent. Uh, maybe when they met him, perhaps he'd begun to walk. But he, he, he's just his little kid. But they saw beyond that. They saw the reality. And the reality was, we will worship you. We will bow before you. And that is, that is really a good attitude. It changes us. It strips away any thoughts of privilege, which they had, maybe we don't. It strips away any thoughts of entitlement. It strips away any thought of being totally adequate in ourselves. And it brings us to the real place where we should be in relationship to Jesus. And then from there, everything changes. And hopefully, as this baby boy grew into a man, hopefully we grow. Hopefully we have embraced that kind of journey, whereas those who are his and followers of his, we grow to whatever our full stature is in him that sets us for the eternal realm. So take some time, meditate. Think about it. <laughs> when I talk about stuff like this, this is the way it goes for me. I, I don't sit down and write something down. I don't do anything like that. I let it, I let it just brew in my heart. And I'm sure folks, some folks will do that. I, I just let it permeate my thoughts. I let it prompt me so that it becomes real for me. Because if it's real for me, I can talk about this anytime, anywhere. I think that's the way it should be. I, I think if we, we recognize the baby boy in the way that we ought to, and we allow God's Spirit to move upon us, and that deity, Christ within, that transforms your life. It changes everything. That's what God wants for us. It is kindness. He gives us grace. Then we are full of hope. He empowers us to be his children. He, he doesn't hold back, so neither should we. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.